You're listening to the Coach's Journey Podcast. Exposing the struggles and celebrating the successes in the life of coaches who are action takers and creating authentic impact in today's world. Whether you're just starting out, expanding your reach, or exploding your impact, you're in the right place right now. Stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Now, here are your hosts of the Coach's Journey Podcast. What's up, Coaches Nation? This is our first podcast, right? Let me think here. Yeah, our first podcast in 2022. I just had to double check because I, uh, yeah, this, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I lose track of, of what day it is, what year it is around this time of the year. But we are super excited to see you this uh, uh, during this episode. And I'm Dr. Sherry Fuellen with our co-host, Faisal and San. Hello. <laughs> It was being super quiet today. That's unusual for you. <laughs> oh, I'll be chatty soon. <laughs> I know you will be. Yeah. So we actually don't have a special guest for you today, which might be a shocker because that is our typical format. But today we're doing something unique and super special for you guys. Um, so excited about getting into this. It is uh, one of the most important things as a coach for you to do because it is what will drive your business. And it is having a clear vision for what you're doing, why you're doing it, and a clear strategic plan for how you're going to move forward in executing your vision. Um, it's easy to think in like big picture, like, oh, I want to change the world, I want, which is an amazing idea, but what does that actually look like on practical basis or on a day-to-day -day basis. So today, because it's the first podcast of a new year, we thought what better time to jump into that and to actually walk you through a process that you can do over and over again, um, then, you know, then do it for you and with you guys today. So I'm so excited for this. And I know Faisal, despite his lack of smile at the moment, <laughs> he's so excited because this is literally one of his favorite things to do. So you will get his energy and enthusiasm here as he gets going. It's, this is going to be great. Uh, but first, as always, let's touch on wins for the week. Faisal, share some of your amazing wins with us. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, last night, uh, I've been in touch with a, with a client back and forth, potential client for about two weeks. And this was uh, uh, the first client that came through my new website. That direct, she just went on my website, filled out the stuff, booked a call, and uh, she just signed up last night. So that was really cool. That and I had spent the past few, like four months, building that new website copy and everything, working with Monica, who was on that uh, on our uh, show too. Um, so yeah. that that was really good sign for me that, uh, the, especially the copy and the the engagement was working uh, well. And uh, so for me, that's that's good news. Congratulations. That's exciting. That's Thank exciting. You. That's like, that's like, uh, I would say that's kind of like a, a, a major milestone in business yeah. when you actually, the stuff you've been spending all that time on doing, the automation, the, the hours of figuring out what is it that I'm, I'm trying to say and who am I saying it to. So for then somebody to, to get captured by that without you physically having to like reach out and, and find them is incredible. Yes, yes, that feels good. And it is a milestone. Thank you for putting it in that way. 
Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I would say one of the wins for me is yesterday I got to have a conversation with a coach um, in Arizona. She um, is looking to pivot out of her uh, career that she's been doing for, I think, about 20 years as a school teacher. Um, she has been thinking about coaching literally for 20 years, just never pulled the trigger. Um, but now is the time where she's like, I, I'm done with all of the bureaucracy and political stuff that she's having to, to navigate as a teacher. And she just wants to help people. So it was so energizing and exciting talking to her yesterday because she's got so much enthusiasm, so much energy um, around what she wants to do with coaching. And so uh, it was it was fun being able to kind of help her uh, pivot. And uh, she's going to be joining the Coaching Mastery community um, as her as a launch pad to be able to kind of really get going with a lot of momentum this year. So uh, that was just fun getting to connect with another coach on that. Awesome, awesome. I'm excited for that, uh, for the new member joining our community too. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So uh, let's, uh, are we talking about our sponsor? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. which is a great segue into our sponsor for the podcast. Yeah, so our, our sponsor for the podcast is Coaching Mastery Community, which Sherry talked about is a community of coaches who are supporting each other to go to the next level in terms of their coaching skill sets abilities uh, to help their clients go deeper, have more of an impact with them uh, and to challenge them better, uh, but also build their business in a way that's sustainable and pro uh, profitable. And so we're consistently supporting each other, sharing thoughts, perspectives, resources, giving feedback. Um, and uh, it's just, for me, it's the single most incredible thing that I've done in the past two and a half, three years is to be part of the community um, and, uh, and just being part of that keeps you motivated, but also gives you the confidence and the resources and the tools and the feedback needed to uh, confidently go out in the world, world and serve and build a sustainable business. Yeah. And, and we are launching a new challenge. It's a 90 day five figure challenge for newish coaches um, who really want to put their time and energy into launching or uh, just getting more momentum in their coaching business. And so it's uh, doors are going to be closing in about a week or so January. I don't even Nine. remember the date, January 9th, I think somewhere around there. Um, and so if any of this sounds like it might be of interest to you, of value where you're at in your coaching journey right now, uh, go to our website, coachingmasterycommunity.com. Uh, learn all about it, reach out. We would love to have you. All right. So on that note, as a coach, what are you doing and where are you headed? Faisal, I'm going to throw the ball to you to, to, to kind of help us through that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Sherry. Uh, so, um, so what, what, what we wanted to, as Sherry mentioned, we wanted to talk about today and discuss, but also do a little bit of uh, sharing some of the frameworks that, that I use for myself, for my clients to help them move forward in their life and business. And uh, just a couple of things. And first of all, this process for me came out of the pain of not being able to move forward which it usually does for most people. <laughs> so just struggling with things like, um, sh uh, you hear this a lot in the coaching world, shiny penny syndrome, <laughs> uh, imposter syndrome, and all sorts of other distraction uh, distractions that we have 
But also there's a positive note in there is if you're a creator, if you're somebody who's an influencer, if you're a leader, if you're doing multiple things, more than likely you have constant ideas coming through your mind and through your consciousness and you don't know what to do with it. So what you do is let me take care of this. And then you jump onto the next thing. Let me take care of that. I did that for, for a good two, three years until I burnt myself out of like, I can't do all of it at once. I can do all of these, but I can't do them all at once. Now, the problem was that I wasn't clear as to what I was doing and why was this thing more important for me than the other thing? Why should I focus on uh, working with people one-on-one -on -one versus group coaching? Why should I focus on writing my book versus podcast? Why should I focus on building events versus something else? And most influencers, coaches, and creators, they are thinking about these multiple areas, how they want to add value. These are the mediums through which we want to add value, want to make a greater uh, difference, we want to create our impact, but we don't know where to start. And the other side of it is that we're also coaching clients through this stuff, especially as you begin to work with people who are at the high level in business and leadership, and they are uh, leaders in their communities, they're influencers, or they're anybody who is doing anything of significance, more than likely they're doing multiple things. They have their family, they have their community, they have their business or businesses, all sorts of things happening. And you will find out that despite all the challenges, they have somehow slowly moved forward. But it, when you watch their journey and you listen to, to how they express it, it is a painful ride for them. Yeah. The only thing that carries them forward is that they're incredibly ambitious. Yeah. They have a huge purpose around it. They move forward. What, what are your thoughts about that, Sherry? As you were talking, um, you know, I think there's two layers to think about this. Um, when I've worked with clients, I can totally recognize, oh my gosh, they're trying to do too many things at once and they're going to fail at all of them or they're not going to really get the momentum they want at all of them. And so I can help them understand like, okay, you have too many pots in the fire. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's that phrase going a mile deep instead of a mile wide like they're going a mile wide when they really need to drill down in one area first get traction get that part of their business stabilized and then start the next one so i can i can help you know clients through that and i've commented and and worked with clients on that but what about my own business and when i do that and i'm trying to do too much and so you know i just i think sometimes we get in that ironic position but very common position where we can identify those issues in other people, but we struggle with recognizing them in our own business and in our, in ourselves. So that's kind of where I was listening to you and I'm kind of chuckling because like, Oh yeah. yeah. Some of the coaches right now might be thinking like, Oh yeah, I got this. Like I know how to, but do you really, <laughs> do you really identify that in your own business? Which is part of the reason why having your own coach is so critical in this journey because uh, we all get myopic. We all get to where we see things clearly a ways away, but we have a hard time seeing things clearly kind of in our own lives. That, that, was, that was what was running through my mind. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the thing is, uh, what, I, what I learned, when I got better at this process, 
I realized that I could challenge my clients much more. I realized that I could share uh, resources. I realized that I could share perspective. I realized I could go, I could question, I could pick up on some things that I never picked up before because I didn't want to see it in myself a lot of times. I, I was okay with the distraction a lot of times. I was okay with jumping from one thing to another. And then I, it, I mean, it's natural for you to see that it might be okay with the other side, or you might not even notice it a lot of times. Uh, but to make, and, and here's the thing, if you are a coach who's trying to create a life that is anything close to freedom, abundance, joy, connection, purpose, these kind of things, that's much more complex than, let's say, somebody who's trying to be successful in business. Yeah. Much more complex. Because what do people do who are very, very successful in business? they will literally forget about every aspect of their life and just focus on that one thing and they will get really good at it. They will become masters of that one thing. But in the process, and we've all learned this the hard way, in the process, what do they leave behind? Their relationships, their well-being, who they are, yeah. their faith. So, yeah, so as I was talking, you know, I was thinking about, you know, mile wide, mile deep, but what, you know, what I'm hearing you say is, is that for those of us who really want to focus on like whole life success and happiness and satisfaction and, and um, <clears throat> uh, you know, just kind of uh, all of that, it, you really can't necessarily just focus on one thing. It, there still has to be a focus on multiple things. Like, yeah, I'm a coach. I'm a realtor. I'm a real estate investor. I'm a mom. I'm a wife, I'm, you know, and, and those are all just the relationship things that I started talking about, like my relationship with myself. So there are a lot of areas that I kind of have to focus on at the same time, which is challenging. Yeah, and it's, it's very, very challenging. And then we're left with when we're starting out a business or we're trying to scale it. Now, within that business, there are multiple areas where the hell am I going to focus on, let alone my whole life? And, yeah. it all, and this is where it all starts with a vision. Our vision has clues to what is truly deeply important to us. And, and I want to kind of break down a little bit what that, just clarify what I mean by vision. Um, and, and this is something I, I had to connect with more and more as, as I was doing this stuff. And one of the main reasons for that was that when I started out, when I left my engineering job, when I left the corporate world, the last thing I wanted to do, the, one of the reasons why I left was that I didn't have the energy to be with my family. I didn't have the emotional capacity to be with them. I didn't care about the thing that I did. I was burnt out half the time, even though I was very good at what I did. And I didn't want to create another business that was like that, another job that was like that. And so I had to really think, okay, what am I creating here? And even within the first couple of years, I found myself getting dragged into that job more again. Mm -hmm. And I've shared this before. And the, the challenge was that I, I still remember coming home and not being able to be present with my family, being distracted and thinking, worrying, or feeling bad or guilty about something. Um, and I realized that even though I had started a business, I was still doing the same thing I was at my job. 
so what what is different here? And the difference is that we need to start becoming clear about our vision of what we're creating. And the difference between goals and vision is that a vision is an is a reality you're creating. A lot of times we hear this thing is that everything starts with a thought, but to make it very specific, it actually is a it's not a thought. It's more like a experience that you're creating in your mind, mm. a vision of creating something. And that is a human thing. Yeah. And when you think about a vision is not just uh, like, a, oh, I, I want this thing in five years. If, let's say, give an example of that. I want to travel more, uh, travel to this, this, and this country uh, in, in one year, let's say. In an RV. In an <laughs> RV, right? Uh, don't, don't rub salt on my wounds. Uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. But a vision is more than that. It's about you actually putting yourself in that experience and actually uh, walking into that RV, if it is an RV. It is more about seeing the people around you. It's more about if you're doing this business on the go, your business on the go, picturing yourself inside the RV doing your business. It's about you going on those hikes and feeling what you feel in that moment. It's about you feeling that connection with your family. It's about you noticing the impact that you've made in their life for your kids, for your family or for whoever. And in the lives of modeling the way for your clients, for your community, whatever you're thinking. So when you're creating that vision, it's literally an experience of reality in your mind. And you feel yeah. it. Yes. So here's an interesting story. Um, I, I was getting coaching from <clears throat> an actor, right? Uh, because I thought he's got a really unique training, a way that can help me express myself and and uh, lots of cool stuff. And so one of the exercises he had me do, which there was a subtle shift, but it was powerful, is he had me, uh, it was something like, you know, in three years from now, share with me your, uh, uh, an amazing journey for you. And for, so for me, one of the things is travel, as you mentioned, maybe not in an RV, but uh, travel. And so he's like, you know, share with me what one of the most amazing trips you will be on in three years, but I had to do it in present tense. And that present tense thing just, it took me a bit to do it. Cause I'd be like, okay, I'm sitting in Italy. And he's like, you're not, you know, um, or I said, okay, I, you know, I, how did I start? It was, it was more like, okay, so I would be in Italy. And he's like, no, well, you are like, okay, so I am. I'm sitting in Italy and then I had to describe my surroundings. And then by the end, I was talking about, you know, the beautiful colors that are going to be in the vineyards that we walk through as we sip our wine, you know, I mean, it, it just, it was such an interesting journey. Um, having to, to share that in super detail in present tense, because I think that helped me move myself forward and actually feel that experience, even though I was not literally in Italy at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's exactly what it is, is that you, and, and this is, that's a, one of the biggest differences between vision and goals. Goals are yeah. future-oriented. Vision is right now. When you see it, when you experience it, it feels like you're there right, right now. It's not in yeah. some distant future. And also, when you become very clear, crystal clear about your vision, 
while it's dynamic and ever evolving and you're going to have to keep revisiting it, this needs, that vision needs to become a part of your daily life, not just in your mind, but you're going to start to embody aspects of it. Yeah. So uh, what that means is that if you're picturing yourself, let's say in Italy, uh, if you're alone and you're feeling incredible and you're feeling amazing, you need to embody that now in your day-to-day -day life. How can you bring that feeling back? What do you need to do? How do you need to be now? If you're picturing yourself with your family, being present with your kids, with your husband, enjoying, having fun adventures, you need to bring a version of that right now, not when you get to Italy. So that vision gives you the clues as to how you can be present. And this is very, like, it can sound very paradoxical, but your presence can't happen without a vision. Mm -hmm. Say that and, again. And this, your presence can't happen without a vision. And think about it. Most people, why do they run away from the present moment? Because the present that they've created is not the thing that they want. Not the thing that's connected to their heart. That the thing that is, or it's something within there that they haven't resolved and they're distracting themselves. But if you love the present and the life that you're in, you're more likely to be pulled into that life. Mm. I love that. Yeah. So, and, and that's, it has an incredible power because it touches you at multiple levels, at the level of thought, at the level of emotions, at the level of your spiritual experience. So with my clients, especially the first session, I always touch on their vision. And, and I want to know, just like Sherry mentioned, how, what do they think an incredible life is? And can they see it? And here's what I found. Almost always, they have resistance to it. They have resistance to that life. The resistance would be is because what they do is they think like adults, not like children. They will take their present life and they will project it towards the future. They don't create yeah. it. They just take their present life. They how I am will be a projection of whatever I have versus I'm going to create this incredible thing. So yeah. they will have resistance in terms of being connected to their family. They'll have a resistance in terms of being connected to themselves. I've, I've, I've gotten my clients to close their eyes to feel connected to them, themselves, uh, look at themselves in a positive life. They couldn't. It took multiple sessions for them to get to a point where they could. So what does it look like if they can't picture it, if they can't feel it, if they don't see it as a reality, then they won't create it. They simply mm -hmm. won't want to go towards it because it's too painful. Yeah. Or they don't even believe that it's capable, they're capable of it. Yeah. They, they don't believe they're capable. They don't believe that they deserve it. So why should they go towards it? Yeah. Because um, if they go so, towards it and they don't believe they deserve it, they're going to fail, which is going to reinforce their, their negative feelings right now, which is, is hard for a lot of people to, to. So yeah, I mean, it gets in this whole big cycle. And so how do you break the cycle? Like lead us through this, this vision. So, and, and that's where it starts. And it, it, it starts with becoming open and not just to kind of do an exercise or a ritual for the sake of it, but actually looking at it as a sacred thing and actually experiencing it. And if you can't do it, you need somebody to walk you through it. So and like Sherry mentioned, you need a coach. You need somebody to help you go through this process if you have a hard time with it. And if, if you see resistance, if you see that you can't picture it or you can't feel it, some people can't picture it as clearly as they can feel it. Um, yeah. So then you, you, you need to get support on that area. But a few areas, simple areas to start with, I'm going to share a framework that will help you think through it. Now, we're not going to cover... <laughs> 
all of this in this session because I literally spent at least two, two and a half hours on the vision building for my clients. And then another two hours on the strategic goal setting just to walk them through it. And then they have to spend at least an hour or two just to start their vision uh, on their own, uh, write it out and clarify it and then set up their strategic goal setting, just the beginning of it. And, and, and this is actually also the difference between smart work and hard work. Because if you, and they're both the same in this initial stage, because when you do this work, <laughs> it's a lot of work. It'll take you about four or five, five hours to even begin. But once you do, the actions that you take will be much more focused, will matter much more to you. You will be connected much more to you. You will be in a state of flow. You will care to do those things versus uh, actions that you're going to use checklists for and, and just right. create yourself on. And in, in one of the buzzwords, uh, you're, people are going to be much more productive because they're, they're precisely doing the activities that matter the most to what they actually want in life. Uh, so this is absolutely part of productivity. I love that. Yeah. So um, productivity needs to start with, with, with vision, not with goals. Um, and so I want to walk you guys through a simple framework. We'll start with vision and then we'll go to goals. And there are three areas that I want you to think about when it comes to this. The first one is experiences, what Sherry shared there, being in that vineyard mm -hmm. in Italy or in that RV experience, or you, before uh, specifically talking about your business, and, and I pictured this so much a few years back, just doing this, literally, I would picture myself in front of more than anything in front of a computer, being in sessions with my clients. It's just, and that's what I do more than anything else with my clients, with my team, with so many people. I'm always online. Um, and I love that. That's what I wanted. I wanted to connect with the right people. And I pictured that more than anything else. Um, so really picturing and feeling what you feel in that experience, connecting with that uh, feeling and noticing what's happening here in your physiology, because it will give you a clue as to how connected you are to this thing. And if you don't feel it at a deeper level, then you're probably doing it for other reasons that are not relevant to you. So if I can just interject quickly, as you were saying what you envisioned yourself doing as a coach, that led me to be like, okay, what would be my dream coaching you know, business? And as I was thinking about that, my nose got tingly my eyes started to get watery and I was like, I was getting emotional and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm connecting with it. You saw it. There it is. And that, that's how you feel. Um, and, and obviously just the thing that I love about vision is, is that it's dynamic. It's going to evolve with you. How I thought about my coaching business now is not going to mean it's not, it's different. now. What I see myself more is in front of a stage. I see more of retreats with people. Uh, I see more of me sitting down, writing my book. Like these are other visions that are popping up now because I'm at a different place now. But for a while, this is what I pictured and that's what I created. Um, and so and, and if you think about it, your life is so expansive. There are so many experiences in there. There are experiences with your business, with your team, with your clients, with your kids, with your significant other, with your friends, with your community, 
with the, the experiences of context going to different places, it is incredibly vast. We underestimate how complex and vast it is. So you need to actually spend quite a bit of time actually writing this out without any attachment to whether it's possible, how I'm gonna make it happen. Just really sit down, write and feel. Feel what it feels like. When you write, you're gonna create pictures. And then after you write all this stuff, really close your eyes. I actually get my clients to do is close their eyes and walk them through a visualization of that experience. Yeah. And almost so, always, go ahead. I was gonna say, so this would be a perfect time. Well, first of all, probably should have prefaced this at the very beginning. You guys are gonna wanna listen to this multiple times and you're gonna want to be in a place where you can pause Faisal, pause this whole podcast or the YouTube video and be able to actually do this. Cause we're not, we're obviously not gonna be like, okay, now we're gonna give you 30 minutes and we'll just sit here twiddling our thumbs. But but it, this would be one of those moments where, you know, as Faisal is, is describing how to access the vision, how to think about it, put him on pause, put us on pause, take some quiet time, do this and then come back and then put it on pause again and do it. And if you need to spread this out over multiple days, totally fine um, but this really is in order for you to get the value out of what he's sharing you got to actually do the work and so I'm going to totally go back and I'm going to be doing this for myself um, I know that Faisal redoes his vision every I don't know how how often but it's you know this is like a living thing you don't just set it and forget it you're constantly updating uh, as you grow which is the beauty of of growth is is things are constantly changing. So I just wanted to make that clear that we encourage you and highly recommend that you put us on pause, do the stuff, come back for the next section. Yeah. So the people who are watching it live, they can continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they walk away and like, I'm going to come back. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so if you're watching the recording of it, definitely do that without the putting the work, the initial work, you won't connect with it and won't mean anything. It's just another exercise. Um, but when you connect with it, you will notice that, holy shoot, I need to connect with this. Um, so um, I want to go to the next part of this. Um, and you, you will see that it gets bigger and bigger as we move forward. The next part of it is growth. Or you can also call it identity. Uh, that's inner and outer. So if you look at it from a growth perspective, you might've heard this before if you've been in the personal development world is that the person that you are right now is not gonna be able to create what you're trying to create. It's the person that you're becoming, that, you're that is growing your ideal version who's gonna create this reality. And without bringing that identity into it, you can't make it happen. You simply, because you in this moment uh, are a product of everything that happened before. And if you carry that forward, that past is what you're carrying forward. Yeah. If you don't create an ideal version of what, who you are, you're not gonna move forward towards that potential piece. And this is why even in psychology, Dr. Sherry can expand on that if she wants. We have this idea of ideal self. Every, every human being has a conception of an ideal version of themselves based on a lot of things, but we can conceive of an ideal version of who we are. 
ideal version in terms of our values, in terms of how we want to show up, in terms of how we want to think about ourselves, about the world. And the more distance you have between who you are and the, your ideal, the more pain there is. Yeah. The closer you go towards it, the more congruency, the more connection, the more alignment you feel. And as you said that, though, I think there's, uh, use the word a little bit, a uh, bit ago paradox. I think there's a little bit of a paradox in that too, because here, this is where I think my ideal self is. This is where I am. As I move closer to my ideal self, all of a sudden I realize my ideal self is actually over here <laughs> because I realize there's, I'm capable of more things or that there's some values maybe that I wasn't focusing on that all of a sudden I realized like, oh, my ideal self would actually care and, and work in, in doing some of these things. So I think the ideal self may shift as well. Um, at least that's kind of my, my perception of, of how I've experienced it. Yeah, I love that. And, and um, I, I actually give a, a, a way of thinking about that to my clients is that if you think of your potential, the deepest part of your being as this ocean of potential, none of us know what that is, what you're capable of, who you could become, uh, how you could contribute. Uh, and we know this of some incredible people in history. They thought of themselves nothing until they all of a sudden created an incredible amount of value in the world and who they became in the process. Um, and the ideal version of yourself is one step closer towards that potential of uh, mm -hmm. ocean of potential. And every when you get there, you're going to have another ideal version. Yeah. And that's going to expand. And one of the things that we do in, in the high performance coaching world is uh, I love the idea of coming up with three words to define your ideal self. And I have multiple words for different parts of my life, but just my three words for myself have evolved. They have changed over the years, multiple times. Yep. Because I have evolved and changed. Absolutely. So, um, so, so there are two parts to this, your inner growth and, and outer growth. So the inner growth usually connects to our internal values and, and internal competencies around, let's say you picture yourself to be more, to wanna to feel more confident, more connected more purposeful. These are like internal competencies that you're going to develop within yourself. And then there are external competencies in a sense, uh, in that ideal self is that, how do you see this? What do you see this ideal self to be capable of in the outside world? Maybe a more capable business person, maybe a more capable communicator, maybe a more capable leader. So you need to really picture yourself in those experiences with this new identity, with this new growth, internally and externally. You're gonna feel it internally and you're gonna see yourself doing the things in the way that you're picturing yourself in that life. And so as a coach, we are thinking about, you know, what, what do you envision yourself in, in, as an, you know, your ideal self as a coach right now, what would you be doing? What kind of coaching would you be doing? How would you be delivering it? Where would you be? Um, what would that experience be like? What are you focusing on with your clients? And then what are you feeling as you're meeting with clients? You know, what, what are some of the emotions and um, sense of purpose that you're, you know, you're experiencing inside? So, um, so yeah, there's that outer, what other people see, but then there's that inner experience and uh, really kind of trying to, to tap into and accessing what you believe 
what you see as your ideal vision in those two areas. I love it. Yeah. Um, and I just want to uh, kind of, one of the things that I do in my coaching is I focus a lot on identity. And this is based on if you want to see the power of identity, personal and collective, look at religions, look at groups. If, as soon as somebody identifies themselves as a Christian, as a Muslim, as a, um, as a real estate investor, as an entrepreneur, as whatever, and they, that identity gets embedded or as a parent or as a son, then that becomes a powerful force in itself. Sometimes for the positive, sometimes for the negative. Yeah. And you see the power of that when those identities align in groups, they can be a force for good or they can be a force for immense destruction. And, and this is why in, in a big part of growth is actually really thinking about who your identity is going to be and what is it based on? Is it something that's given to you or is it something you're creating? And if it is given to you, do you feel aligned with that? And, and this is a very important area that I go very deep with my clients and they need to, and a, a lot of times they completely recreate their identity within the course of a few months. They yeah. go from one client who had this, he gave me a picture of his identity. He said that the way I look at myself is like, to put it in pop terms, Rocky Balboa. <laughs> I can take punches. I can go anywhere. And he created a lot of success in his life based on that. The problem was that that Rocky couldn't connect with his family. The Rocky couldn't connect with his uh, uh, team. The Rocky couldn't go to the next level of success. He had to completely shift from that and he created a completely new picture. It was from Rocky to Gandhi. <laughs> like that's a huge <laughs> shift going from yeah. a fighter to nonviolence. Yeah. And then he had to describe and he had to connect with why, is, why are these values important to me? So we create pictures. This is why we connect to certain characters in religion. For example, when you connect with Jesus, you're connecting with aspects of his identity. <clears throat> and you, that model drives you in a sense. And when the deeper you connect with him, the more you feel like him, the more you want to show up in the world like him. But if it's just a surface thing, more than likely you're just using that as an excuse to do something. <laughs> Uh, so, and, and that's the difference between emulating somebody and really understanding who, what they're representing versus just taking a surface thing. Yeah. But anyway, so that's just, I wanted to share the power of that because the power of that can shift society. The power of that can shift communities. So really going deeper into that. Last one is contribution. Sorry. What did I do with the black one? Con. Contribution. So this one is incredibly important for human beings by, by our very nature. And we are a social species. Our sense of identity comes from other people. We look at ourselves as what? As parents, as son, as leaders, as sister, brother, friend. Most of who we are comes from our, our relationships. Uh, it's in our nature. It doesn't have to be taught to you. We want to contribute. We want to belong. We want to make a difference. When we become apathetic, when we stop caring, it means we've disconnected from our relationships and environment. And that's probably one of the most painful things you're going to go through. I've gone through. But when you 
begin to connect with a world that you're creating that you feel like you're making a difference in, you feel like you're contributing, you feel like you are uh, connecting, all of a sudden everything shifts. Yeah. So really picturing how you contribute or want to contribute. Any thoughts, Sherry? I know, I, I, I just, this is all really good stuff. Um, so what you're saying is as we're going through, as people are going through this vision exercise, they're thinking and uh, really trying to put themselves in the position of what would an experience look like and, and recognizing what, you know, if you can put yourself in what that future experience is and then bring that future experience into the present, how can I create those experiences now, even if the external circumstances might be different? I might not be able to afford to buy an Italian villa right on the outsides of an, um, the most, you know, amazing vineyard yet, but I can still, you know, cultivate some of that emotional experience now, even if the external circumstances aren't exactly the same. Yeah. And then, and then uh, for me to understand what exactly is the inner and outer identity that, um, that is my ideal self that I'm moving towards. And then how, what is that contribution going to look like? How am I going to connect with uh, the people around me? How am I going to connect with myself? really understanding what that ideal looks like and then um, working to like, okay, well, I don't need to wait for that ideal connection. I can work on creating that now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And, and just, I want to share an example from my experience. Like one of the, when I was starting out, I couldn't actually afford a lot of the platforms that I was in and I don't recommend this or I'm not saying it just in my experience, there's something I had in my mind, for example, using something as simple as Kajabi. It's like a platform where you can put all your stuff. When I got that as a promotion, I didn't have anything. I couldn't do anything on that. I barely had any clients. I didn't have courses. I didn't have, but, and every month the bill would come and I would struggle with that. But I had this strong feelings like, no, I'm not letting go of this. And that was painful because every month I looked at it, I'm like, this could go towards groceries. But I was like, no, you know what? This is important. One day I'm going to see thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars there in the sales section. And I see that now, but I kept that. I couldn't afford to do a lot of things, but you know what? Even though I couldn't afford it, but I kept it because I had that conviction. And that was a part of my vision. I needed to embody at least that. I'm a coach. I'm an influencer. I'm going to carry this on. And it's going to pay for itself. Yeah. And you just had a, a, a moment of emotion there, which highlights the fact that that was a, a really important part of your journey. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was painful. It was important. But I knew that this, this is my path. I decided I don't care how long it takes. And the whole vision idea is that this is a long This You're committing to this for five years, 10 years, however many years that you're going to do this and you're going to make this happen. It's not a one-year thing. It's not a six-month thing. It's not a three-month thing. Um, and for that, uh, you need to look at it in that way. And yeah. so even when I'm thinking about my, I usually look at my vision 10 years, five, 10 years, not less than that, but some people can do three years. Some people, 
I'm trying to go more towards 20 year uh, periods because the more bigger it becomes, the more I feel like you forget about small problems in the process. And you yeah. feel uh, you connect with, okay, if I'm going to create that, why am I miserable about these little things? Yeah. yeah. Grant Cardone talks about this. He talks about 10x. I think 10x is a very safe bet. <laughs> it's more <laughs> like 100x, but he's very safe in the area of 10x because you're capable of much more than you give yourself credit for. And more than likely, if you set very small, tiny goals, um, you, you don't... Tr trust that you can do it and you're it's based on the thoughts that are given to you yeah there is so, uh I've, I've heard this i've heard this multiple times and i'll just quick share it <laughs> because it was it's it, it's a good reminder for me is that a lot of times we tend to overestimate our capacity in the short term but we grossly underestimate our abilities in the long term and so uh you know i i just keep that in the back of my mind when i when i plan out what I'm going to do this year and how that's going to um, fit into the bigger picture um, that, yeah, I, I just, I want to keep, keep track that that hundred or thousand or million X is likely possible on the long term. And I'm cutting myself short by thinking, oh, I'm only going to plan for a 10 X long term. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a way to actually, even if you, if you can't picture and we're very horrible at that in the future, <laughs> but we're actually, we have the ability to see it in the past. If you can take a few minutes, really sit down and either close your eyes or write this down, look at the past decade. If you've been on any kind of growth journey, you will notice that incredible things have happened. Like just for me in yeah. the past decade, I've gotten married, I've had kids, I've built multiple businesses. I've gone through so many challenging parts of myself internally. I've gone over addictions. I could not have imagined that when I was there, <laughs> but a lot has happened. And we, we point, don't remember yeah. a lot of it. We remember a few key areas, but when you look back and you feel it, holy shoot, you've done a lot. Yeah. And now you're going to carry that experience forward and you're yeah. gonna, you can build even more. It's like, it's like investing, you know, you're getting the compounding interest yeah. as we grow. Um, so what we did over the past 10 years is nothing to what we're capable of for the next 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. And there's one last idea within this framework of experiences, growth and contribution. That's, you hear this a lot. Why? You need to question every aspect of these things. Why do you want to become that person? Why do you want to experience these things? Why do you want to contribute in that way? And it needs to feel close to your heart. So as an example, I, I, I work with a lot of investors and almost always when I ask them, how do you want to contribute when you see your future in five years, 10 years, as you build your, this empire you're talking about? Well, I want to be a philanthropist. And when I ask them why, they don't know why. And when they don't know why, more than likely, they know that it was given to them. Oh, you should be a philanthropist when you have money. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with being a philanthropist, but it doesn't connect to who they are. So for me, I look at my coaching, my videos, my connections with my clients, with my community. That's my contribution, a huge part. Of I will contribute in other ways too, but this is an area nobody needs to tell me to contribute. I will yeah. jump head over heels, do all sorts of things in these areas in, my, in the way that, that, that I connect with it. But if I'm not deeply connected with it, somebody else has to motivate you because it's an external thing. It's not an internal drive. 
So really need to think about why all these things are important to you and really question and go multiple levels. There's even an idea, go seven levels deep. If you say why, you came up with the reason, why do you think that that's important? Then why do you think that's important? And it might take you to a very interesting place. So that is the just a general framework. And um, Sherry, I think she shared, um, I, re, I just, one of my goals this past year uh, was to launch my course. And that's actually on this vision building. And there is a strategic goal setting uh, section to it too. It's over six hours of content. Um, so this is a two hour plus workshop that I take my clients through. If you wanna go deeper into it, you can go in that. Uh, it's going to help serve you a lot um, and you can take your time going through it and, and there's a lot in there but this is the introductory framework of your experiences growth contribution and your why's around your vision when this is clear so when you go through this uh, this is what you happen so one of my clients when he started doing this uh, i told him like i challenged him like just spend one hour on this when he started he spent that one hour he's like oh that's not enough it took him a couple of weeks to just put it on paper <laughs> his vision. And then he's like, wow, I didn't know there was so much in there. I was like, yeah, it's incredibly expensive. And so that's the vision you're creating. And what do people do? They have checklists for that vision. It doesn't work. It's too big for checklists. It needs a strategic approach. You need to break it down in a way that your mind understands to go towards it. Otherwise, it's just big experience that doesn't, it's not going to move you forward. It's going to connect you with yourself. It's going to give you the ambition, the, the, the curiosity, the motivation, but you won't know what to do. You're going to jump from one thing to the next thing to the next. Yeah. So let's go to strategic goal setting. And we probably don't have a lot of time for this. But I will give you guys the highlights of how it will work. And a lot of it, I have actually tried to take into account how our psychology works when it comes to goal setting versus the tool in itself. So none of this is foolproof. Play with this, make it your own. Um, uh, what will work for you might not work for me, might not work fully for you. So you need to customize it. And by the way, that's true for almost every system you're going to take and use, whether it's a marketing system, sales, or whatever, you're going to have to customize it for yourself. So yeah. play with it and work with it, see how it adapts to your psychology. But um, the key is to break the vision down enough so you understand wh what parts of it are you going to carry out, what are going to be your focuses. Uh, this year, next year, the year after, you can, I've done this 10 years out. Um, you can do it five year out, three year out, uh, and then you break it down even further to quarters, months, and then that needs to go down to your calendar on the week side uh, that you're going to put it on your weekly calendar and it's going to become those blocks, become areas that you're going to be working, the projects you're going to be working on. So it will go at multiple levels. This is why it will become very hard for you to uh, uh, go towards multiple different things because for you to say yes to another thing, you're going to have to go back to your vision and rethink the whole thing. It takes a lot of energy. You don't want to do that. You can't just go to your calendar. Let me add this thing. If it doesn't align with your vision and strategic goal setting, it, you need to put it in the time that it adds value to you and your life. So um, where does it start? So 
This idea I actually learned from Brennan Burchard, uh, except he didn't have any training about it. <laughs> I looked around, he just did one video on it. He's like, I do this battle board thing. It's great. He did a 10 minute video, but there was nothing else on it. And I, I have almost all of his courses. And yes, Brennan, if you're listening, <laughs> if anybody's listening to this, you didn't build anything about this. So I ended up building it myself. Um, I had to test it out how it works. But the idea is that and by the way, there's the idea of vision boards. You can definitely do that. Uh, I have different elements in my environment that, that reminds me it's like scattered like that painting that my wife did that's like a picture of a cabin in the woods and a bunch of stuff here. Elements of my vision are around me. So you can definitely have a vision board, but this is a little bit different. Uh, a battle board or a strategic goal board requires you to put, break down your vision and think about when do you, when are, what are you going to be focused on this year, next year, the year after? And the way it will look like is you're going to put five or 10 year focus or however you want to put it. And you're going to draw these columns, basically year one, year two, year three, year four. When you become clear about your vision, then you literally take that giant vision, you're funneling it into these years. And you're not putting any specific dates on it. The only date is that year. Um, here, for example, if I'm looking at, and I'll give you guys an example of this. So the way it will look like is something like that. That's like 10 year out. But then on top, you will see my words. Uh, you will see my projects. And then I'll share a little bit there on that one too. My purpose statement is on top and then my monthly stuff. Um, and then I'll talk about how this goes on my calendar. But basically, when you divide this out, you pour the vision into these, uh, think of it like you have this big giant barrel of water, you're putting it in these different buckets. Um, and, uh, but except there is a chronology to it. When are you gonna focus on? So as an example, for example, last in 2021, when I'm looking at my uh, year, my focus was my community, Space Creators Community, uh, which I didn't even have a name for, but I said my community at the time. So I came up with that or more, Specifically, Sara came up with that in case she watches it. <laughs> in case she's watching it. Uh, so um, so uh, I would put that my focus was space creators community and just building that out. That's one. CMC, coaching master community, another focus. Uh, my relationship with Sara, another focus. Uh, uh, and, and I can write what in that focus is happening. Uh, it could be uh, getting coaching together and my relationship we did getting um, support in that area. And there were trips that got canceled because of COVID uh, <laughs> involved, like three trips got canceled, uh, but it was there. So the idea is to break it down. You can put it in these categories there uh, for human beings. Generally speaking, there will be your growth. There will be your relationships, business, contribution think of these categories in terms of your vision and you're putting it in there and your growth could be physical mental um, and it'll be too small here emotional spiritual so all these categories will have these big things you're going to focus on based on these areas of growth relationships business contribution now i know i'm talking about and your business fits into this plan. Your business is not the whole plan. 
So as, as a coach, as an influencer, um, your business is going to be one of the big buckets. It's not going to be the whole thing. This is the whole idea of you creating complete life, not just a business. Um, so they will come in. So for example, uh, last year, as I said, I had space creators, I had CMC, I had these areas. And then 2022, something that's different, guess what that is? That's a book. So it was interesting. Uh, a few years back, whenever I would see authors, I would notice this sense of, what the hell am I doing with myself? I would notice the sense of, why am I not doing that? And we actually interviewed an author recently. And it was, I was just trying to notice what I feel. I felt inspired and excited. And I know yeah. a big reason around that is that my writing doesn't come all the way to 2020, uh, second quarter of the third quarter of 2022. And then it's actually beginning the beginning of 2023. So I don't need to worry about that. It's part of my plan. I don't need to think about that. When I think about events, it's the end of 2022 for me, some kind of event. I don't need to worry about other coaches and influencers doing that because that's not part of who I am, what I want to do at this time. That's not part of my focus. So it helps you plan it out so you don't get distracted by all these examples of other people doing things based on their experiences and other things. And you can put this in. So like, let's say four or five years out, what my, for me it will look like is if I'm looking at my calendar, I'm at, at year five, I'm at third book launched. So I want to get more and more into writing. I, I know that, so that needs to be an area of focus. And, um, and I'm also thinking about the real estate piece there too. That's actually one of my projects now uh, is real estate, getting into multifamily real estate. And I've been going back and forth on that, but that's becoming more of a project now. So it, like when you break it down, you will see it might get a little bit more vague as you go out. But the more you think about it, the more it becomes clear, the more you visualize it, it becomes clear. And just uh, and you're going to start to fill this out. And as you fill this out, you will notice that, oh, this is doable. Because now all I have to worry about is my community, my one on one coaching uh, or my one-on-one -on -one coaching this year, I can get to group coaching next year. I can get to my event the year after. All I have to do is focus on this. Two years so ago, how do, go ahead. How do, you, how do you decide how to chunk stuff into the years? Um, because my tendency is like, I'm gonna do everything year one and two. You know, I mean, it, which again, we overestimate what we can accomplish on the short term, how do you filter and decide how to chunk things out? So that's based on uh, understanding what it takes to do something. And there, there needs to be a wisdom around it. It's exactly what you said, that we grossly under uh, overestimate what we're going to do in one year. So for example, let's say you're starting out as a coach and you, and it will depend a lot on your skill sets as well. So if you're a coach, for example, when I started out, I had no facilitation, group coaching, speaking, not, none of those experiences. The only thing I, I knew to do was connect people with deeper things. Um, and I barely knew how to, how to communicate, but I knew I wanted to get better at that. And I knew I wanted to start with one-on-one. -on -one. But here's what I did when I started out. I would try all of it. I would go and try to do a webinar. I would go on Facebook, do a video. But 
they all helped in some way, but had I been just focused on that one-on-one, I would have done much better. So you would say that, hey, my focus is one-on-one coaching this year on the business end. This is for my relationship end. This is for my growth end. These are the things that I'm learning. And let's say you want to get a certification. That's part of that one-year plan. And that year, you're focused on that. That is it. If you get other opportunities, think about how it fits into your vision and how it's going to have you. And then you go towards group coaching the second year. So last year, I focused primarily, mostly on group coaching. Last year and the year before that was half group coaching, half one-on-one coaching. But last year was almost, I was just building out group coaching. My skill sets, how I was promoting it. I was doing webinars. I was doing live sessions all the time. That's what I needed to promote. I was learning stuff about it. All I was doing was group coaching. And that was connected to my community because I needed to build my community as well. Um, and then where, so you have to think, where do these things fit into your business plan also? Um, so for example, what will, you can also think of it in terms of, if you're looking at this as a primary business, or a secondary business, how much, what is going to generate revenue as well? You can look at it from that angle too. Uh, but more than likely, whatever you put down, trust that because there's a reason you're putting that down. Instead of constantly doubting it, once you put it down, then it becomes a more of a decision. And then you just need to think about, well, we'll talk about the how you can make that into a plan. Um, so th- does that answer the question or am I vague? No, I think it. I think it answers that in a in a in a good vagueness. <laughs> in a good vagueness. All right. Well, that's one step up from <laughs> bad vagueness. Um, so uh, here, here's what I've found. Um, just this is when you do this, you will understand more what goes where, and you might move things around. But here's my biggest suggestion. The biggest kind of uh, recommendation or suggestion, however you want to look at it or advice, is to know that anything you do requires mastery, requires focus on something consistently for a period of time or for a period of repetition. So let's say, for example, one of my goals was a couple of years back is that I want to do 500 sessions this year, sessions this year. That's all I care about. 500 one-on-one session. The next year became a thousand one-on-one session. So it's, that's all I cared about. That allowed me to get better and better and better and better. And, and, and that's what allowed me to move my business forward. But that required a lot of practice. And I mean, these are basic truths. We know that without practice, you're not going to get better in anything. So whatever you pick, whether it's a marketing thing you're doing, sales thing you're doing or coaching practice thing you're doing, it requires a certain amount of focus and consistency and repetition for it to actually start working. And you will notice this around you, whether it's in you or in other people, somebody will start something after three to six months, they'll start a new business. Like, oh, it didn't work. Uh, Okay. What happened is like, oh, I tried this thing and that thing, none of them work. And then these people started telling me this thing that didn't work either. So I'm done, (laughs) but they just jumped from one thing to the next thing without thinking that, Hey, that one thing required a lot of focus. This is why a lot of people will go buy a course or a product and they will look at it and they will even consume it, but they won't practice it. And they will say it won't work. It doesn't work. 
Have you and, given uh, it an honest effort? Just and and to to kind of comment a little bit on um, goal setting as well. Uh, and this is something that um, I've learned in the real estate uh, sales space is the difference between, and I'm just going to get a little technical with uh, words here, the difference between a lead and a lag measure. Um, so I, those terms are from a book, which I don't remember exactly which one yet, but, but um, <coughs> one of the things like, because you mentioned um, the number of sessions that you that you were shooting for. A lot of times we we think, okay, I want to make X number of dollars. And so that means I need to make, you know, I need to have this number of sessions. But if we focus on, I need to have that number of sessions, well, what's going to get you to that number of sessions? Because I don't have direct control simply over the number of sessions I have, because there's a whole lot of work that needs to go into it to get to the session, to get to the paid session. And so it can be really helpful to kind of backtrack um, you know, and in, and in sales, it's like, okay, well, if I want the paid session, what do I have to do to get the paid session? I need to have conversations. Okay, strategy sessions, initial, you know, sessions. Well, what do I need to do to have those? Well, I need to have more, you know, more simple, briefer conversations. What I need to have to, you know, to do that. Well, you know, is it going to be some sort of marketing in person? Is it going to be some sort of marketing um, online? And so it's just kind of, kind of got to back it up. And then, so what's the first, step you need to do and it might be to you know call everybody in your your sphere of influence so okay so so like that's the thing I have the most direct control over is that behavior and if I do that enough and you kind of have to figure out what, the, what that looks like but then that will ultimately lead to the the 500 or the thousand sessions and so um so just reminding people of that 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 sometimes you know when you when you start getting into the weeds of it, it's like, okay, but it's, I, I need to focus on behaviors around, um, uh, around um, connecting with people rather than freaking out about the fact that I don't have 500 or 1,000 yet. Yeah. And I'm sure that uh, fits into, into your framework. I just kind of wanted to, to throw that oh, out. I completely agree. So that comes in the next step. And so when you say, let's say you set up a goal for 500 sessions, then there are, like you said, there are lag measures behind that, that you need to, that things that you can control, like yeah. how are you, how many people are, are you going to prospect? And if you understand a little bit about sales and marketing, you will know that it's a very large number compared to 500. <laughs> so then yeah. you, a lot of your time, and this is why sales and marketing, these things are seem hard because a lot of your time probably about 60 70 percent of your time initially will go towards sale marketing and sales and then slowly you're going to start to work with people so let's say as a new coach let's say you're doing this part-time and you've dedicated 10 12 hours on this and you have one client so most of the other time other than coaching practice other than getting coach will have to be spent on what are the activities that are generating more sessions? Yeah, that has to, and that comes into the next part, which is the the project part of this whole. Uh, whole actually, after this will be the monthly, and then the project part. Um, so um, this becomes yearly. So now this is where you might have heard of quarterly goals and focus areas. I actually like monthly better than quarterly, but you can do it quarterly. You can set up. 
So let's say um, the other board that I showed you guys, that was more monthly for me. Uh, you can do six months out or the whole year out if you have a big enough board. Uh, and you can do another set of co columns, let's say January, February, March, April. And you, as you break this down, you become more and more specific about these goals and the timelines become more specific. And this is where I recommend you put in some specificity, specificity, specificity. <laughs> yes, it is my third language. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> So, uh, so for example, you're doing uh, from from on my board. I have uh, end of February. I have uh, ten new members coming into my community. So there's uh, and I can put a date in there. I can put a date February twenty eighth. Ten new members or something like this. So this is where you start to become more specific. It's not just about areas of focus. It's about well, how many clients am I bringing? Uh, or how many people I'm prospecting. So here's, I do this a little bit differently. So you can put the goal of, let's say you want 10 clients by the end of um, January or whatever that is. But then you need to have a separate thing that tracks this. And we have this in CMC, we, we built it out where we're doing it part of the challenge too, is that uh, those lag measures that Sherry's talking about, well, how many people do you need to be uh, to be engaging? How many people do you need to have longer conversations with? How many people do you need to be prospecting for you to get to 10? So I, that number becomes 10 times more, uh, at least 100 uh, as you think about this, because most people you're gonna engage with, they might not be interested in what you want, mm -hmm. especially as, uh, as you don't know your niche yet. Um, so you can create a separate chart for that. It doesn't have to be a complicated one. It can be a simple Excel sheet or something like that. Uh, but so you become more specific on the monthly or you can do this quarterly. You can do this quarterly if you wanted to. And then after that, it gets broken down more. Then out of this quarterly or monthly, you develop projects. You develop key projects that you're going to be working on and those projects need to be in your face every day <laughs> and if they're not more than likely you'll forget about them and you'll go to a different project uh, so for yeah. example like i said one of my main projects was to, uh, like right now my the, the the community is to move the collaboration forward with my with the coaches i'm having conversations constantly with other coaches and uh, increasing the number of clients coming in and I'm um, taking care of uh, the onboarding and the process, new things that I've added. Like that is a huge project for me. That's why I can't, I couldn't have a lot of things other than, because that one project has a lot of breakdowns. For example, CMC is one of my projects and there are a lot of things that go into that. So I have to dedicate quite a bit of time to these things. And so when you set up your projects, what you can do is, let's say for me, space creators, creators is a project, then you have already broken it down with these columns on years and quarters or months. Now you know uh, what needs to go, the key areas of that project. You can put those down, such as 10 new clients, clients, February 28th such as six new coaches uh, finalize agreement, such as by 
whatever that time is. Like this needs to be in your face. And then once you set up these projects and you brainstorm what are the key main things that need to move forward, that's where a um, couple of things come in. Uh, I personally don't like checklists for making things happen. I like block times. Uh, this is where tools become useful. So if, if you are using tools for yourself or for your clients, if you just tell them, hey, this is a block time that'll help you. But if they have, haven't done this thinking ahead of time for the block time, it's a useless tool. It's the same as having that amazing phone, a supercomputer, but what do people use it for? Nothing useful. Um, so um, when you go to, so now you have your week, you have your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and it will look like block times like this. So if you have clients, for example, they will go and, if, and I'd recommend this. If you haven't set up your calendar system, you haven't set up automation, you haven't connected your automatic calendar booking with your some kind of calendar system like Google or Outlook 365, definitely do that because it cuts down a lot of time. So a lot of your calendar will get booked up as you start to move these things forward, such as prospecting and other things. So they automatically get moved up because all you're doing is sharing a link with them or you can man manually add this to. But in the meantime, you're gonna have block times. So let's say I have block time today. Um, let me see. So I have a couple of bookings. I have uh, the book club in our community after this. And then I have about, I have an hour and a half set up to uh, connect to the coaches and space creators. So I'm, uh, I'm supposed to be creating an onboarding thing that I need to send to them the next steps and all that stuff. So I'm going to be working on that. And then I have uh, an hour and a half set up to prepare for my group coaching sessions tomorrow. There are three of them running. Uh, so that's going to be set up for that specifically. Then after that, I have a session. Um, like there are block times to legitimately work on these things. And the way I've set them up on my calendar is they're color coded. So based on a specific area, for example, mine is set up based on my personal business and um, my mastermind and based on uh, calls that are being booked for uh, regular clients and then a different color for new clients. I have green for potential clients because it's green. <laughs> green money. <laughs> yes. Uh, so when I'm looking at my calendar, I, know, I can tell you how many hours exactly I've spent on what. And this is an area of productivity that's important. If you can't measure where your time has gone, you'll get frustrated. You'll be like, why is it not giving me results? So let's take something as pro. So if you're not putting time in prospecting and you have a goal for 10 clients, you, and let's say you make two clients, you can go back and see how many hours did you spend on that and what did you do in that hour? What worked, what didn't work? But if you don't have a way to measure that, then you're just going to sit there and feel frustrated because that's what we do as human beings. We're emotional beings. If we don't understand something, we'll get drained. Now, when do you fill in your time blocks? Um, because I'm imagining that some of this, so for example, like prospecting, <laughs> if I'm going to commit 10 hours a week to prospecting, I mean, I can, I can get those 10 hours put in and I can have it reoccurring to affinity. Um, and, but then with some clients, um, you know, I, that might be stuff that, that changes 
on a weekly basis. And so how, how do you navigate uh, when you block time out and what that looks like? Um, so, and, and this is where you, your lifestyle comes. This is why your vision is not just your business. So you can make, like you said, you can make this infinity. There are people I know who work 100 hours, who work 80 hours, who work 60 hours. So I have decided, I mean, one of my, a big part of my vision was that I'm going to get to 30 hours of focused work uh, per week. Um, and I'm even changing that a little bit. I'm at 37 hours right now. And I went down from the last couple of years from 50 to this. And I had to really work hard on keeping that. So that means consistently, if I were to go on back in my calendar, there's about 26, 27, 26 hours dedicated to my personal business. The rest uh, dedicated to my mastermind. So within that 26 hours, I need to think how many clients can I take in? How many clients works can I do? How much of the marketing sales can I do? So this is something, you, this will be a personal preference. Maybe you want to work 60 hours. I don't know. I'm done at Friday at three o'clock. I'm done. I don't care how many things are sitting there. Very, so in the past year, I've made three or three or four exceptions to that. And I've had to have lengthy conversations about that because we, my wife and I, we both decided on that. So we had to come to a common agreement. And by the way, just a segue, if you're in a relationship, you need to have a common vision. If you don't have a common vision, things are broken. Mm -hmm. uh, and you need to understand what each other, both of you are doing. Um, and that's why if you're not clear on your vision, you're not going to help the other person be clear on their vision. Yeah. So um, it will, the, the quick answer is that it will depend on your preference on how you want to live your life. Are you taking lifestyle into account? If you are, then you need to think, how much work do you want to do? What are your break times? So one of the things I'm setting up by the end of the year, I'm going to have one week out of the month off. Right now, it's maybe five days every other month for me. Um, so I need to make that more consistent. That's one of my goals. And that's based on my lifestyle and my growth. That's based on my family, my relationships. So these are going to be very personal things and you need to decide for yourself. Yeah. Uh, but if you decide that you want to work 60 hours, then all those things go into those buckets and then it starts to go towards business. And in business, some things you have to take care of. There's operations, there's sales, there's mar uh, marketing. And if you're not doing, and then there's a the vision part, but if you're not doing those, then you don't have a business. So all this common bank. So I do use checklists, but for a specific purpose. I use checklists to dump things. Specifically, dump my thoughts and ideas. So I have like, I, I, I used to use a board for this, but I made this more digital on Office 365. It just, you can just put like checklists and you can cross them up. I have like 70 things out of 100, I've done like 30 of them. So what happens is I'll get a thought, oh shit, I didn't do that. I didn't put a reminder, I would put a, a reminder there. I'll put it on the checklist. Yep. So I review that once a day. But my day doesn't go based on that. My day goes on based on my block times. It's just that it takes all those thoughts of constantly thinking about what am I going to do next? What am I going to do? So he here's the basic point of this framework. If you're waking up every day trying to decide what you want to do, you're wasting a lot of <laughs> energy. It's yes. a horrible productivity model. I did that, so I know what that feels like. Uh, it, it's not going to drive you forward. You by by 
by the first quarter of the mor morning, you'll be so drained, you won't have anything left in you. Yeah, uh, decision fatigue. It's real and it's a, it's a measurable, it's a measurable thing that researchers have researched and absolutely 100%. So this process has allowed me to stop thinking about what I'm, when I wake up, first thing I do is look at my calendar and I review my, uh, my projects. But mainly, because if I've done all this work, I don't have to look at a lot to my projects and thing. And I do revise my vision once a year. I do revise uh, my projects every quarter and, and look at them. But I don't have to look at it long. But once I spend like four, five, six hours doing this stuff, you don't have to look at it constantly. It comes down to your calendar. And then every day, you know what's happening on your calendar. If something is amiss, something you missed, you have your reminders and checklists to look at, hey, I missed this thing. Is that, does that need to go on the calendar? Yeah. Well, and it reminds me, what you're talking about reminds me of literally what I do at the gym. And I've got, I've got a trainer who's virtual um, and she loads up my exercise routine on an app. Mm -hmm. So when I get to the gym, I'm not deciding, oh, is it leg day? Is it ham day? Is it, is it you know, glutes or, or whatever? Like, I don't have to make that decision. I just open the app up. I look, I'm like, oh, you know, it's bicep, tricep day today. And she's got all my exercise listed and I just go through them dutifully and I do the thing. So I don't have to decide. I don't have to start playing the emotional game of, oh, but I don't feel like, I mean, sometimes I still sometimes I still feel but like it's just it takes the decision out and I just and I know that the reason I'm doing these things today is because it fits the bigger purpose of what my goals are at the gym and so I see this as, as the exact same principle you know I have decided what I'm going to be doing today I may and but I didn't decide to today I decided in the past when I made the decision what logically and emotionally makes sense I'm not basing what I'm doing today off of the current emotional state that I'm in, because as a girl, uh, that changes daily and monthly. Uh, some days I feel like doing stuff, some days I don't. Um, and so no longer is that as much of a factor because I've already mapped out what matters and what's important. So it, it kind of takes that emotional fickleness out. At least that's how, how I've experienced it. Yeah, and that's a very uh, important factor, right? And, and I, I love that. And that's yeah. so, and, and this is why people won't work out. Like if you have never worked out, if you go to the gym, you will look at all this stuff and be like, <laughs> what the hell am I doing here? You'll get overwhelmed because you don't know, there's no process. There's, do I do cardio? Do I lift weights? Do I do Pilates? Do I do yoga? Do I do spinning class? Do I just sit in the, sit in the sauna? Does that matter? Yeah, it's, it's overwhelming. It becomes overwhelmed. That's why you need some kind of process. That's why you need something that you can repeat. And you you know in your heart that if you do this enough, it's going to work. But if you don't believe that you're just guessing every day, you're just, again, jumping from one thing to another without any kind of results that are going to show up. Uh, but this is really, really uh, crucial. Um, as you start to do this, as stuff goes on your calendar, one, you don't have to think much about it. So it's gets rid of a lot of your emotional drainage, uh, decision-making power, a lot of this. And that space that gets created, that's why I have space creators, that space that <laughs> has created, that's where creation comes in. That's where you can become yeah. more creative. That's where you can do things. That's what, where you can be energetic, excited. And so when you mentioned the emotional piece, that's important. 
a lot of times that emotional thing, whether you're a boy or a girl, um, I don't know the difference because I don't remember being a girl if I was a girl ever, but, <laughs> uh, but uh, the, the, the emotions that we feel when we wake up in the morning, when we don't want to go to the gym, when we, all that stuff, that's based on either lack of clarity, that's based on either not knowing something, that's based on either fears or guilt, all kinds of negative, uh, heavy, not negative per se, but heavy emotions that you haven't processed. And you don't have the capacity to process them because they've built up. It's like not, being, not sleeping for days on end. It builds up. Yeah. And, and, and there is legit hormonal differences. Yes. So, so that side of two, um, biology we can't uh, ignore. Uh, but so that, and, and, and so emotions are powerful if you can leverage them in a positive way, but they can be incredibly negative when they show up in your behavior and they stop you from doing things. And by the way, one of the things I've seen with coaches or people who are more uh, new age spiritually aligned is that uh, there's one thing to pay attention to your emotions and process them, but it's another thing to constantly listen to every little emotion that comes and follow that in your day-to-day because you will have no life whatsoever. Because like Sherry said, that will change moment to moment. Your quote-unquote happiness will change moment to moment. You'll be miserable one part of the day. You'll be thinking, and it's not just you because you have gone through trauma. Just watch kids. Like they, they're happy one moment, another thing. And that's how emotional <laughs> range is we're supposed to experience all of this. So um, I love something one coach said is that you need to take this like a job, but a job that you love. So however you feel, yeah. you're going to sit down, you're going to do this thing that you committed to, but you're more likely yeah. to do this if this thing is connected to your vision and who you are and why it's important to you versus if it's just something I have to reach out to a bunch of people. Yeah. Thanks for bringing it a full circle to the goals and to the specific behaviors that we do, that they ultimately, the more integrally tied they are to the vision and, and your, uh, you know, what, what you want your life to be about, uh, the more the emotions will follow and help you. It just, it all kind of works together. So, so that's why it's important not to leave any of these pieces out for consideration for, for development, because they really ultimately all work together in, in an ideal world. And we're all trying to move towards our, what we view as our ideal world. Yeah. And in the caveat I want to give, so does this make my life perfect? Nowhere close. <laughs> it, makes, it makes my life easier. It makes, it gives me the space to process things. It gives me the space to be more intentional versus reactionary. It gives me the space to connect more with myself, with the people around me. It gives me the space to go back to my purpose and why and vision. This is why I'm doing this. But if you're constantly rushing from one thing to the next thing and you're guessing that this thing will help you, no, 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 that's not going to help you the next one. Then you're going to be frantic, reactionary. You're going to be in fight or flight more constantly, which means biologically you're not accessing your conscious brain, your prefrontal cortex, you're not accessing your creative side, you're not uh, being a leader because you're going to be a reactionary constantly, all this stuff will come out. You will still be reactionary, but you will be able to manage it much better when you have a system like this. And you don't have to do it exactly like this, but take this and see what works for you and yeah. do work on it. Spend at least two, start with two hours. Yeah. <laughs> it won't be two hours, but start with two hours. Start with two hours. 
coaches, I know that if you really take this to heart, as I am totally going to be working on more on this stuff right after this, um, I know that if you take this to heart and actually put some, start putting some of this stuff to practice, you are going to get some major, major progress in the vision, in what you're going to be doing, in not expending a lot of energy in 2022 doing things that you decide to not do later. It's, it's just, it's a game changer. And let me remind you, doing something is, uh, th that's imperfect is better than trying to get perfect. So, so if you're like me, where sometimes you struggle as I did at the beginning of last year. Um, you see this? This is not a perfectionist writing. <laughs> I've got different colors that represented different things, but like I thought, I mean, yeah, like that's not perfection, but it was progress. It helped me stay clear. So focus on doing what you can in whatever way makes sense or whatever way you have time for and not feeling like you have to have this perfectly pretty thing that's on your wall. I mean, I literally uh, just taped pieces of paper to my wall so I could still see it because I didn't have like a really large, beautiful whiteboard like I saw had. Um, so and, and by the way, can, for me, it didn't yeah. start with that. It, it started with those chicken scratches that you talked about. Like it was on my phone and yeah. on paper for the longest time until I saw the value of it. And then I started like, this will evolve. You don't need to start with a whiteboard. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Use what you got. All right. Parting words of wisdom as the uh, as coaches are, uh, you know, have already started this process. If they've put, put, put you know, put you on pause and, and been working on this or if they're going to go back and listen to this or kind of start this. Words of wisdom. Oh, right. Uh, you got cut off there a little bit. So um, a couple of last things. This this whole process is for congruency. If you're helping, however kind of coach you are, you're going to run into a part in their life where they're trying to do something. You don't have to be a high performance coach or some other or a business coach to, to do this stuff. But if you're helping somebody, a mom to get organized in their life, if you're helping an entrepreneur, if you're helping a, somebody, an executive, if you're helping an athlete, they, they will need to organize their life. So when you do this, you will be in a much better position to support them, to challenge them, to go deeper with them because you've done the work yourself. You don't need to be perfect at this, but you need to do it. And a lot of it, you're going to grow with them too. A lot of this stuff developed as I worked with clients as well. I challenged myself a little bit and then I challenged them and then they challenged me. It will move forward, but you need to start with this. It's not enough to have a New Year's resolution, as we know, uh, as coaches. It's not enough to have uh, five goals, uh, five big projects. It needs to start with something deeper. And the deepest aspect of human life is experience and purpose around that experience, why that's important to you. So if you can't see the experiences that you're creating, you don't connect with them on a daily basis. And one last thing, I highly recommend that you your vision will be too big. You're, gonna, you're not going to visualize all of it every day, but aspects of your vision, sit down with it, connect with it, and also bring embody parts of that vision in your day-to-day -day life. Show up, remind yourself of what that vision is, and try to do a couple of things, be in a couple of ways in your life. Because when you do that, 
you naturally create that ideal version of yourself or you bring about that ideal version of yourself. But aside from that, I think that is it. Wishing you the best. Please let us know if you have any questions, concerns, please share this with any other coaches or influencers. And also the link to my course will be there if you want a longer version of this where I go in depth. I talk about the blocks around this stuff uh, in detail. And I also walk you through the whole thing and I do the visualization. I actually have in the bonuses, the workshops for vision building and strategic goal setting that I did with my students. So you will hear different perspectives as well on this and so many other resources, six hours plus that uh, has a lot of value for very little investment. Awesome. And if you're, well, not if, you are a coach because you're watching this and <laughs> is, is that you know it, being in part of a community and being able to learn and grow with other people is critical to who we are as humans as Faisal said I mean community and contribution that's how we're wired um, that's literally how we we're wired so uh, we would love for you to entertain uh, joining the coaching mastery community for that support and growth uh, you can uh, fill out an application. We don't take everyone. We're really looking for the coach that's going to be, um, you know, who's really looking to grow and completely go all in. It doesn't mean that it's going to consume your life, but, you know, but go all in on really having the impact that they, uh, that their ideal self can have. Um, go to a, go and apply and you'll get to talk with one of us or one of our other leadership team members to really see if Coaching Mastery Community is the right thing for you. CoachingMasteryCommunity.com. Thank you, Faisal, for uh, sharing with us your own um, intellectual, um, uh, I just lost the word. Um, I like to call it the experiential process. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, but like you're, ah, I just lost the word, like you own it. It's your intellectual property, Inter your intellectual oh. property. Thank you for sharing that with us. Super, super valuable. Oh. Yes. And so we look forward to seeing you guys again or um, hearing you or you hearing us again. Please feel free to drop us comments, to send us messages on how this impacted you. And as Faisal said, share, share this with a coach you love and you want to see get better as well. So we look forward to going through 2022 with you guys. Have an amazing day. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Coach's Journey Podcast.